Hi there, bakers, writers, and rock stars. Welcome to this workshop on networking for career success. I'm Richard Heisebens, but I'm sure you already know all of that. Some housekeeping, it's recording today. It'll be used on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. Uh, we do manage participation, etc. So if you want to participate but don't want that content going up on my YouTube or on my podcast, that's perfectly fine. You'll get an opportunity to review everything before it goes out and to uh, ask that stuff be removed. The the, you'll get the most out of this if you participate. So my preference is to have a high amount of participation that results in people deciding that they don't want stuff to go live rather than you not participating because uh, you don't want stuff to be shared more broadly. Uh, I do tend to talk quickly, so if I do talk too fast, please let me know, or if I mumble, let me know to repeat myself. You can do that by opening up your mic and letting me know, or you can type it in the chat. I try to keep an eye on things there. Uh, and if there's any questions you, as you have as we go, feel free to type in the chat or ask them. Um, yeah. So I don't think I need to tell you this, but I will anyway. Uh, networking, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I think uh, that's obviously the main reason you're here. You recognize the importance of it. Uh, this is a stat that I pulled off a LinkedIn article from 20, like it says, 2015 and 16. This particular person um, was surveying how people got jobs. So you can see here that um, the red bars are all the people that use networking. And you can see for the most part um, that networking was the major component for most people. In fact, that was the largest component for all um, areas, even those who are actively looking for work and are currently unemployed. So uh, do, I guess, recognize that networking is very important. If you want to get access to this info, the QR code at the top right should take you there. And the, link, the long URL at the bottom is the exact link. Um, depending on who or what you read, something in the order of 80% of all jobs are unadvertised. Um, I personally don't think it's that high, but certainly the data suggests, and it, going back to that networking statistic on the previous slide, the data suggests something in the order of 80% of jobs are filled through networking. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not advertised, although, like I said, some people think that 80% of jobs actually aren't advertised, but it does mean that uh, let's say I'm looking to fill a job, I will go through my network before I necessarily go through uh, and advertise, or I'm more likely to say, hey, uh, Fiona, why don't you come and apply for this job? I think you'll be really appropriate for this. And so in that respect, the job is filled through networking, even though it is an advertised piece. Uh, cool, so that's a bit of an intro. If you haven't already, I'd love if you connected with me on social media. Um, this is about networking, so I'd love if you all put your social media channels that you're happy to connect with others into the chat and others can connect with you. I'll certainly connect with you uh, if you type it into the chat. I'll go through and make sure that I reach out to you, whether that be on Twitter or LinkedIn. They're my preferred channels and often channels that academics are on, but I'm also on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group. You're welcome to join all of those things as well. Uh, if you do ask for stuff from me at the end of this workshop, I'll provide some ways you can get more information. If you do ask for information from me and you don't receive it, it's not 
probably because I haven't done it. More than likely, it's because there's a spam filter in the way. So do check your spam and your junk. If you are, if you don't have a spam or junk, and some universities I know don't have spam and junk folders, they filter at the university level, I guess at the in at the um, server level. Then you'll need to write to your IT department and say this person with this email address, their emails aren't getting through. Um, can you do something about it? If you want to check with me before you go ahead and send that email to your IT, go for it. But I definitely know that that is the case for some people. I've helped them navigate that process with their university. I started out life as a PhD student at Monash University. I exchanged my lab coat for a suit coat and I basically did the work that I would describe as um, fishing, um, you know, in the, in the analogy of teaching people to fish versus um, fishing for them. I fished for researchers um, for about 10 years and then I pivoted from that to helping researchers and I think this is part of that process, that pivot to help you network. So rather than building your network for you, which is something that I probably would have done in the past, I'm now helping you work out how you can network for yourself so you can do it as an ongoing practice. Uh, and now I do this kind of thing, uh, so coaching essentially is what I call it, uh, to groups, to individuals, mostly online and a lot, as you would have all um, experienced, there's a big pivot towards online um, with COVID anyway, and um, that suits me perfectly. And ultimately, I help researchers answer the question, what next? Uh, and what next is, um, you know, how do we network? I'd love to know a little bit about you. I've got a poll that just asks where, you're, where you are in your career, but feel free to type something more engaging in the chat or just respond to the poll. Um, responding to the poll helps me also make sure that I cover off stuff that you think is useful for your, um, or that I think would be useful for your age and stage. Great, thank you. Seeing a few responses come in now. Just a couple more to go. Some end of PhD, but looking to change their network. So yeah, nice. Uh, some new networking needed. All right. So if you're interested, here is the group that you're online with today. Uh, so you can see uh, a few, the majority are established inside academia or mid-years PhD and a few sort of at the tail end of either of those two things. Thanks very much for that. I'll make sure that I try and do stuff that I think is relevant to your different stage. But if I don't cover off your experience, again, like I said, feel free to talk about or ask that question, um, you know, how do I do it in my case? So in a survey from 2010, again, I'm really sorry about the age of some of this data. I, it's really hard to find something that's more relevant. But in a survey from 2010 of industry partners for universities, where to um, they get their skills from. So they partner with universities or they network. So don't be afraid to network outside academia. Industry is looking to network with academics to build their skill set. That might be your next job. It might be your next, um, your next industry partner. So certainly I would go ahead and try to network with industry partners in your field. Uh, when looking for... Um, industry or when looking for partners, what are industry searching for um, or what are the different types searching for? So at university, 
Um, they're looking to advance the body of knowledge or accessing a specialist skill set. The government agencies are advancing the body of knowledge and accessing a special skill set. But for business, it's developing new products, processes, or services, or creating a competitive advantage. And I think this level of information is useful when it comes to what do you network about or what, do the, what are the things that you do that encourage people to connect with you or that can support your connection with them. So if you're thinking about working with other university staff or networking with other university staff, know that most people are interested in advancing the body of knowledge or accessing a special skill set. And the same is through for government. But for business, it's new products or services or getting a competitive edge. Um, how do businesses and government agencies look for people? Um, you can see internet advertising is common for business. Then you can see personal contact or network. So if you are looking for a job outside university, building those networks is really important. And you can see internal networks and contacts are also important for business uh, and for government. Um, and you can see some government agencies advertise in newspapers, or I, although I think this given, like I said, this is 10 years old now, this is very old information. I'd be surprised um, if newspaper advertisement um, ranked as highly if this was repeated. Uh, research centers, they're directly approaching people. So again, your network is going to be really important and how you position yourself to people who can't, who aren't directly in your network, but might be able to see your content or see your information. And like you can see their personal network um, and work contact or network as well. So bear in mind, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, that your network is not just the list of people that you currently work with or that are currently in your research group or research team. Your network includes family, it includes friends, as well as all the people that you work with. And if you're in a sporting team or a music team or an art center or a gardening group or a mother's group, all of those things are included in your network and it's really important that they get a sense of who you are holistically if you want to make your network um, or to effectively network to, to network for career success. Uh, a colleague or a collaborator of mine, Jane Anderson, put this together around connecting with people in general. And I think this is really useful. I use this diagram a lot uh, to show how you can, um, different ways you can think about connecting with people and networking with people. So this will be the basis of what I go through today. You don't need to know this off by heart, but know that I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, so networking to me essentially is bridging two gaps. So it's shifting from people not knowing what they want to knowing what they want or more to the point knowing what you have to offer and it's shifting people from not knowing who you are to knowing who you are so hence the arrows moving people in those two directions and essentially that's what networking is all about so if you can tick those two things uh, that will be an awesome way for you to network or to put it without all the arrows and boxes Network is taking people that you don't know um, and helping them know you. It's taking people that don't know stuff that you know and telling them what you can do and how you can do it. Uh, so that for a lot of people starts off with the idea of an elevator pitch. So at the start, you kind of heard one of my elevator pitches. There's a lot of different ones that I have. It depends on the audience and how long I have. 
Um, so I might say something like this, help, I help PhD students, ECRs and academics make the, make the most of their training and experiences for a better career. Or I might say something like, I build better careers for PhD holders. Or I might say something like, I'm a career coach for academics. All of those things work. All of those things suit a different audience and a different time frame. If you've got an elevator pitch, I'd love you to type it in the chat or open your mic up and tell us what your pitch is. Like I said, this is all about networking. This is an easy way to grow your network. If you look at names on this call and you don't know who those people are, the easiest thing you can do to grow your network by 10 or 12 is to try to connect with these people. So type your stuff into the chat as we go as well. Does anyone have any questions on any of that? I haven't quite figured out how to do it concisely let it changes a lot yep um so Alex the more you practice it the better it's going to get so I would you know I'd love to hear you talk it um like so if you want to give us your pitch now feel free to open up your mic and we can do it um that will definitely help you um Sarah, you probably will talk about it, but I'm wondering how you can network specifically for the research centers if you're not in the circle. Yep, so we'll talk about it, but ultimately what you wanna do is raise their awareness to you and your profile. And then if you can somehow find a second, third or fourth degree connection that can then introduce you to those research centers, that's useful too. Um, finding areas of commonality or overlap. So let's say you are, um, so someone before put about being interested in marine biology. Let's say there is a, you're interested in going into marine biology and there's a research center you want to go and somehow get a job at, then you might, and you might go and look for all the people at that research center who are interested in marine biology and then write them something about how you're interested in marine biology and you're keen to work in the area and you really love their center and how awesome it is and can we be connected so you're not asking for a job you're just asking for for the connection for you might ask for a chat if it's via email you might say can we exchange a few emails if it if you you might say can we have a phone call if it's on linkedin can we be connected on linkedin i hope that helps Uh, and Alex, I strongly encourage you to open your mic and give us your pitch because it'll be a massive improvement. Um, um, I guess briefly, um, I do behavioral research to try and treat cognitive deficits associated with neuropsychiatric disorders. Okay. That's the way I can do it. Yep, that's good. Um, if you're pitching to an academic audience that will know all of those terms, awesome. If you're pitching to an unacademic, a non-academic audience, they may or may not know those terms. So just be mindful that some of those might need to be defined or described. But definitely the more you practice, the better you're going to get. So I can tell that you haven't done it before. You're nervous about being on here, all of that. You've got to, the more you practice, like do it out aloud, put your voice recorder on, say it again, listen to it, say it again, listen to it until you get sick of it. And then you know you've probably got it about right. I'm sick of hearing myself talk about my elevator pitch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the most difficult thing is just trying to explain it to people from science. Yes, I think it's hard with any research topic because everything gets so niche. You don't yes. Live in simple terms. Yeah. Uh, so my PhD was looking at cell signaling. So I just generally talk to people when they ask me, what was your PhD? And I start off with, it's how cells communicate. And then they go, oh yeah. And then you can tell that they want more. So we go, I looked at an enzyme and how it was regulated by a protein and they go, uh, what? And then I'll say, oh, well, um, you know how you can change how active or non-active something might be when these two things were together, their activity changed. Oh, okay, cool. And then that would be, I know that'd be the way the, the end of the discussion would go. But if they keep asking, then I end up telling them about um, inositol polyphosphate 5-phosphatases and PI3 kinase and a whole bunch of stuff that means nothing to everyone, but is specific to that person. Yeah. David's put um, his pitch in investigating new ways to develop a flexible to develop flexible education in high school. Perfect. Um, and also thanks, Alex, for being really brave and, and chatting to everyone. Appreciate that. Okay, so let's say so like in a 45 minute uh, workshop, which is what we're focusing on today, we have essentially covered off what I can do. Now, this will change like we kind of just discussed and you'll need to practice this. But knowing what you can do is the first point of networking. Then the next thing is helping people get you, helping or broadening your network or making your network bigger. So the first, then the easiest place to start is via direct contact. And I would start with all of the known knowns, all of the people that you know. So my view is LinkedIn is the best place for all of this stuff to live. And so you should be connect. You should be basically building your LinkedIn network. Um, another good practice, if you've already got a big LinkedIn network or a big social media network, is to every now and again download or export your list of contacts. Um, if anything, if the failure of Facebook a few weeks back showed us anything, it's that these things might not always be around. And so having access to all of that information in your own time, in your own way, independent of those platforms will be useful um, so use LinkedIn and make a backup you can go into the settings of LinkedIn and export all of this information as often as you see fit so who are the known knowns like I already said to you family and friends if you're not connected to your family and friends that are on LinkedIn already go ahead and do that right now there is no time to waste uh, I have set up collaborations with my uncle's business I have set up collaborations with um, family members who have done PhDs, who've introduced me to other people so I can go and talk. It is the easiest way to get new business uh, or new connections. So go and connect with family and friends. Then if you're not connected to all the people in your research group, or if you don't know that whether someone in your research group is or isn't on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, find that out and then go and connect with them. And if you've ever collaborated with anyone, whether that be on a grant, a proposal, uh, a publication, whether they're successful or not, if you've collaborated with them, get them on LinkedIn or whatever social media channel of choice um, is there. Any questions on family and friends and uh, collaborators and partners? Now, bear in mind all of your friends, not all of your friends, that's probably not true at all. Bear in mind that your friends 
and relatives might have partners and connecting with them is really useful too. Uh, my sister-in-law, uh, she did something really unique from my perspective anyway. She started talking about her um, role as a mother during the pandemic and described that as part of her LinkedIn. So rather than saying I had a career break, her career, she basically said the job that I had was homeschooling my kids during COVID. Um, so being connected with these people can give you new insights on how different things can be treated. And I thought that was a really useful way of making use of what otherwise would have been termed as a career break and that you would never have mentioned anywhere on anything, but now it's an opportunity for you to demonstrate some skills that you built or reinforced or enhanced during a particular period in your life. Um, so if you do nothing else today, knowing what you can do and helping people find you and starting off with the people that are close contacts, you've done enough. If you want to go to the next level, we'll do that in a second. Are there any questions about what's come so far? Cool. So the next thing is we want to be a bit more active in our search. So we want to go and find people who might be useful to us or who we know would be useful to us, but that person is not that familiar with us at the moment. So how do we go and do that? So search focus, again, you can use LinkedIn. You can use your favorite um, search engine of choice. You can use um, your favorite article database of choice. The one that springs to mind for me is PubMed, but that might not be yours, whatever it might be. And you can search for skill sets that you have or that you need. You can search for ideas that you have or that you need. You can search for commonalities, so common hobbies, whatever it might be. Um, and what you want to do is find people who have something that you would like or something in common with you. And this is going to be the basis for the connection. So uh, the question at the very start from um, Jess was, from Jess was, I'm not looking to stay in my current area of expertise. So my network will look different. So to what extent will it look different? Will you leave academia, but stay in your area of expertise? Will you leave your area of expertise, but stay in academia? So if either of those, in either of those two cases, you might search for people who have made the transition that you wanna make. You might search for people who are in the same university as you, but are in a different area. Um, so you're leaving both in your case, so cool. So do you know what's next? Or do you know what you'd like next? If you know what, what is next or what you'd like next, you can use that as your search term. So let's say you want to be, uh, yeah, awesome. So you're volunteering to get a feel for that. So all the people that you currently work with in your volunteer role, connect with them on LinkedIn. So you've got their contact details in the future. You can leverage them in the future. Okay, so we're searching for people who uh, we are interested in because they have a network that we like, they work, they're working in a job that we want, 
they're working at an organization that we like. And if you use LinkedIn to do this, LinkedIn will give you a bunch of results and that you can categorize the people into first, second, or third connections. I presume everyone understands what that means. If you don't type in the chat and I'll explain it. Um, and so obviously the first connection, first level connections, uh, they're useful. You might write to them and you might say, hey, what is it like working in, doing X, whatever it might be. But the second level connections, your introduction to that person is simple as, dear name, I noticed that you're connected with my our mutual friend, other name, uh, I realize you currently work at Awesome Place. I'd love to be connected with you on LinkedIn. And it's, it can be as simple as that. Or I'd like to network or I'd like to have a chat with you. Or can you answer some questions I've got around this? Okay, so here's a bit of an example of how you might reach out to someone on LinkedIn. Dear name, I noticed your something related to how you found them so that could be i noticed you're an expert in pcr um i noticed you're this that or the other i'm also this that or the other or i'm all i'm interested in working at your institute i'd welcome a chat about how you made the transition from and you if linkedin is awesome because it'll have some information about where they started from and where they are now I'd love to have a chat about how you went from A to B. So you're like, obviously we're networking, we're not asking for a job. And I would, even if we were looking for work, I wouldn't ask, I wouldn't suggest that anytime that you ask someone for a job, you're asking for a meeting. That's it, awesome information. And if you write in your reach out, let's have coffee, don't put off the coffee meeting or don't turn it into a Zoom meeting unless they want a Zoom meeting. And if you're asking them out for coffee, the least you can do is pay for the coffee. There's nothing worse than someone says, can we have a chat? Let's go to a cafe. And then, oh, by the way, I'm not going to pay for coffee. Yes, I understand you're a poor PhD student. Cool. Don't suggest coffee. Don't suggest a cafe. Use Zoom. Use the phone. If you want to repay the favor, then by all means, coffee, but bear in mind, yeah, go for a referral, a recommendation. There are also good ways of repaying the favor. Um, and LinkedIn has really good ways of putting in a recommendation. And your recommendation can be as simple as, um, I wrote to so-and-so for a chat about their career. They were really open and gave you some really great advice about pursuing a career in whatever it was. So that's how you might connect with some people or grow your network in a way that relates to your ideal job or new job or your next part of your career. And you can use like whatever the topic might be. So if you're writing a grant that you've never written before, contact your research office, who's won this grant or who's applied for this grant at our university. Can you introduce me to that person? Can you find out if they're happy to meet me? Can I write to them or go to the website of the, of the granting body, see who the successful applicants are or have been, write to them and say, can we have a 10 minute chat about your application? Any questions? So the next two sections are about encouraging people to come to you to grow your network. So this is about your skill set, your ideas, 
encouraging people to connect with you. So does anyone currently do this? And if so, how do you do it? I'd love to know. You can open up the mic or type in the chat. Silence. Would love to know. Yeah, I can definitely give you the answer. Don't stress. <laughs> yeah, cool. So academics are constantly raising awareness of their skill set to others. And these are the ways that I see them do that. You might argue with me that there are different ones or that these aren't awareness raising exercises. So every academic is interested in publishing articles or books. Every academic is interested in giving presentations of some type. And if you are knocking back presentations, if you're saying, no, I don't wanna present my research in front of a group of my peers, then you are missing out on networking opportunities. Even if you know everyone in that room, they are not gonna be acutely aware of everything that you do. If you are submitting grants, you're raising your awareness. If you have a website with information about your activities, even if it's just um, the website that says I'm looking for students, you're raising awareness. And you might also send emails to people. So you might read an article from an author who you're not connected or even if you are connected with. Uh, and you might then look at the corresponding details and write to them and say, hey, author, I noticed you did this awesome thing with this group of people in this location. I'm looking to do something similar. Can you help me out? Or you might've read on a website somewhere that, that, that some author had trouble doing something and you know how to solve that problem. So you write them an email and say, hey, I noticed you put out this question. Here's my answer to that question here's my solution to that problem. So that's ways that academics currently raise awareness. But I think you should be doing a lot more. So if you, I think, if you haven't already guessed, I'm very much pro-social media. And this is how you can raise awareness of yourself to strangers. The first thing you can do is use hashtags. So for those of you that are in your PhD, pretty much every social platform has the hashtag PhD and PhD chat with heaps and heaps of content. So if you're not using that when you post or if you're not looking at those posts, strongly advise you to go and cut, uh, look for that. Um, there are no early career researchers on this call, but ECR, EMCR, EMCR chat, ECR chat are all hashtags, again, that are used pretty much on every single platform. Certainly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and um what have I missed? LinkedIn, all use those tags that I just mentioned. For those of you that are established inside academia, things like professor, supervisor, academic, researcher, scientist, science, research, they're all hashtags that are used. Um, don't forget there's all the hashtags related to your area of expertise. So people have mentioned neurobiology, marine biology. I don't know what other skill sets are in there, but you name it, there's probably a hashtag. If you're not following it, if you're not creating content, if you're creating content and not using it, you can improve your awareness by starting to follow and use those tags. 
And now by following those tags, you probably will see content that you like. If you see content that you like, hit the like button. And now a perfect stranger now is aware of you because you liked their content. If you share a perfect stranger's content, again, that is a great way of raising their awareness of you. So let's say there's a person you want to collaborate with who's written a nature paper on a topic that you love and you want to collaborate with them. There is no better way of trying to connect with them, particularly if they're on social media, is by sharing their awesome article, telling the world how awesome you thought the article was and tagging them in that share and seeing what happens. And obviously on social media, you can make comments as well. So this, this approach of raising awareness does not involve creating new content. It's all about content that already exists. So this is not you saying, making yourself vulnerable perhaps and saying, here's some content of, about me or about stuff I do. It's you just interacting with other people's content. Any questions? Seems too obvious, seems difficult, seems hard. Okay, so finally in that um, quadrant model that I showed earlier, the white one by Jane Anderson, the final quadrant to cover off is to educate people. So again, now that you know some of the raise awareness activities, what are some of the educational activities that academics do to educate others as to their area of expertise or to their knowledge? Feel free to open up your mic or type in the chat. What's the question again? How do, uh, yeah, nice, David. How do academics educate others as to their expertise? Yep, so conferences is one, yep. Anything else? Yeah, nice. Seminars, conferences, articles. So it's, it's very, from an academic perspective, yeah, grants as well. From an academic perspective, the raise awareness activities and the education activities are really similar. It's articles, presentations, grants, or website. Generally speaking, if you're just thinking about being an academic, particularly before social media, all of your education was in one of these four ways. Maybe you are invited to speak uh, in uh, mainstream media. Maybe you're invited to write something or you wrote something for mainstream media. But for the most part, educating others is about articles and presentations and probably a website. Yes, offer to review articles in journals. Um, because review generally is uh, anonymous, I'm not sure that you educate people or raise people's awareness of you, perhaps only because you, your name might be listed as an editor on that 
um, journals page. That's not to say reviewing articles isn't something that you should do. I definitely think you should do it. But from a networking perspective, I'm not sure that it achieves a good outcome, a good return for investment. It has other value, but not for networking in my view. Certainly, if you participate in a peer-based review system, so let's say your, um, your university is supporting a grant round and they're looking for peer reviewers, participating in that definitely does raise your awareness of, to others and definitely help can demonstrate your expertise to others as well. So that when it's open, when people know who's reviewing, when people know get to know that you're, you're the one that provided the comment, then, then definitely I think that process um, ticks the box of both developing your skill set as a reviewer as well as raising people's awareness of yours. So obviously I'm going to talk about social media. So these are the things that you can do to educate others about your expertise. So like I said, when you post, use a hashtag that is relevant to your area or relevant to the group that you want to educate. Create posts that are educational. So before Alex uh, practiced his elevator pitch, if you really want to take it to the next level, make your pitch, put it on social media and watch and see what happens. You might get zero engagement. You might get a couple of people asking, tell me more. You might get people wanting to collaborate. You might get a, a couple of likes, a couple of comments, but the better you can get at doing that pitch to camera on social media, you'll be starting to educate people. Uh, liking can help educate people about what you like and what you don't like. So if you start liking all of the content produced by your potential future employer, that's a potential sign to them that you would like to work with them or if you want to work with a particular researcher liking a lot of the content that they create and so you can turn this into it doesn't have to be all on social if you want to go and work for a researcher in their lab or in their group you might find their research article read it and write something useful back to them about that article not a review not a criticism something that's useful something that is i liked your article because i really liked the way you did this i use this information that was a really useful distinction that you made about abc you can share other people's content but provide a bit of commentary as part of the share so uh, i like this i use this i follow this uh, same with comments and then you can create some of your own content. So you can do a blog. It doesn't have to be massive. You can do micro blogs. So Twitter is often referred to as a micro blog. Um, so for someone who does not like using social media, which single platform do you recommend as the most effective for research academic? Twitter. So Twitter, I think the most effective for a research academic, definitely. Um, you can do vlogs. So if you did a piece to camera, that would be a vlog, but you don't need to put your own face on camera. There, there are things called Pecha Kucha. I can't remember how to spell it. I always spell it wrong. Uh, but P-E-C-H-A-K-U-C-H-A, -E I think, which essentially is you talking to a slide deck. So if you think you can do a good job of that, give that a go. That means adjust your voice. If you really don't like the sound of your own voice and you want to go to the trouble of 
writing a script you can do that for someone else and they can narrate your ideas i don't personally think that's a good idea but if that's the hump that you need to get over to get your content out there then so be it you could you could do your own podcast it's so easy to do even i can do it uh and it took zero effort uh, there's free services upload your audio file and suddenly it's everywhere and if you ask your smart speaker to play Richard Heisman's podcast I was horrified that that worked but it does and so you could do the same I did zero to get that to happen so if you're going to create a podcast you can go and do that you can find science podcasts or research podcasts or academic podcasts and write to the um, hosts and see how you can help so some of those podcasts need helpers from a research perspective so then you can get named as an active researcher for that podcast fact checking often they're called or you can appear as a guest or you can appear as a co-host but these are lots of different ways that you can educate others about your expertise area of expertise so that they contact you now if you're out there if you're on linkedin and someone's asking to connect with you if you're building your network the answer to that connection request is not no the answer is yes and if you can't see why the answer should be yes then feel free to write back to them and say, I'd love to know what attracted you to my profile, or I'd love to know why you'd like to connect. That's perfectly fine, but don't ignore them. Ignoring them is like saying, it's like if someone comes up to you at an um, in-person networking event, says hello, and then you turn around and walk the other way. That's what you're doing when you're not responding to people's connection requests on LinkedIn. Any questions? Cool. So uh, I strongly advise you to take action. How can you take action? So like I said, share your content on LinkedIn, share your LinkedIn information here with other people. If you type in your LinkedIn or your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle, I will definitely go and follow you. Um, and that's a free, easy way of getting you network. Don't discount the value of the people in this network on this call. They could be your next boss or your next, um, or, or they could be your next hire or your next collaborator. So don't discount that. If you're interested, um, obviously maintaining the activity is really important. So if you're already on social media, getting into the habit of posting frequently is useful. Um, one of the easiest ways to do that is using a scheduling program. A free scheduling program that is pretty good is Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R. Uh, you can connect different social accounts and connect social media. So you're constantly making posts. You don't have to distract from your work day to make a post during the day. And that's a useful way of maintaining people's awareness of your skill set. Um, if you're interested in um, doing more on this idea of what next in your career, um, I'm doing a career planning day on the 25th of January next year. Um, awesome. Thanks, Sarah, for sharing your LinkedIn. Um, if you'd like to be part of that, copy the QR code. It'll take you to the site and you can register and pay for that. Um, if you'd like me to get in touch with you, fill out the poll that I've put up 
and I will get in touch with you. Like I said, be mindful. Some stuff gets sent to spam. So go and if you don't see anything from me in the next couple of days, go and check that out. If you want to do this more frequently, if you want to um, have a regular networking session with the peers, um, you can join my group coaching. There's two ways to join that now. Uh, there's group coaching on its own, which is a bit cheaper than the 1320 mentioned in the slide. It's, uh, I think it's um, 550 for the year for 12 meetings. If that's something that's useful, you can meet new people as well as work on building a better career. What else is going on next week? On the 3rd of November, it's a Wednesday. I'm doing a half a day focused on grant writing. It's $99. If that's something that interests you, um, write me an email or ask me for an email and I will send you that information. Um, then the week then the week after that, so in two weeks from now, I'm doing a very quick presentation like this one on writing grants. Uh, depending on who, what you want to do next, things that you might like to go and visit that I've already done. There's a blog and a workshop like this one on leaving academia. There's also a bunch of resources around writing your resume. And if you want to keep in touch over all of these, like about anything to do with academia and building a better career, you can sign up to my newsletter. Content goes out roughly three times a week. And I've got a few um, various channels that I, um, various regular emails that you can subscribe to as well. If there's no further questions, I will say thanks for having me. Do get in touch, feel free to call me. I'm pretty much always at the end of my phone. If you're international, I'm on WhatsApp. Plus six one is the country code for Australia. Um, cool. If you need any further help, let me know. And like I said, I'll be in touch with you on LinkedIn. And unless you want to send me some stuff, I'm, it's, we're done for today. Thanks very much. You can stay on and chat if you want, or you can head to your next meeting or take some lunch. Thanks everyone, appreciate your time. Bye-bye. What's my book? My book is called Connect the Docs. It is about industry or connecting with industry partners as an academic. D-O-C-S, Docs, Connect the Docs. Yeah, correct, Connect the Docs. It's on Amazon. You can get it off my website as well as an ebook. No problem. Thanks, David. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.